Namaste, yogis. Welcome to Happy Jack Yoga Podcast. I'm Happy Jack, live from Cambridge, Massachusetts, USA. I'm out here at the Harvard Innovation Lab. It's snowing outside. Winter is here. And I'm here with... Happy Hannah. And I am in Rome, where it's sunny outside and 18 plus degrees. Nice. So we got opposite, opposite environments happening right now. Uh, very, very excited to be here. I, I actually didn't plan to be here. The, the intention was that Hanna was going to lead this kind of a special episode. Um, but then it just so I, I couldn't not be here. I just I love being here with with all of you who are here live with us and those who catch the recording. Um, even though last night, I, so this past weekend, I was at a retreat in West Virginia, and I'll share more about that. And we drove. So I got back at 2.30 in the morning, which is, anybody knows, that's like almost time to wake up for me. Um, so that was a late night, but I got a few hours sleep and, and just really happy to be here and, and to engage and to, to welcome all of you. So those who are here live with us, we appreciate you, your presence. Uh, those listening on the podcast platforms, we appreciate you. Those who make a contribution to Patreon, uh, we appreciate you. Um, but let's let's get right rocking here, Hannah. What is maybe? I, I feel like I have lots lots to share, and at the same time, I haven't had any time to really process it or think it through or reflect on it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pause and bounce it to you, and and we'll just see kind of how things get revealed as we continue. What's on Sounds your heart? Good. Well, welcome back to civilization, Happy Jack, from wherever you were in your retreat reality. Um, yeah, I'm in, still in Rome and every day I walk a lot and every street has a huge church on it and I can't help but being pulled into the churches and sometimes it's so moving to go in the church, not because I, it's like, to be clear, it's not my tradition, it's not or how I was brought up or, you know, it was, it's it's a little bit foreign the way religion is organized here, but it's not the religion that I think I'm drawn to. It is the radiance that I feel inside the churches. And mm-hmm. and oftentimes it's so somehow so emotional that I that I need to cry because it's something about it just opens my heart and and it's just interesting that it happens every day. Many times a day I go into a church because the churches are everywhere and they are magnificent inside. Everything, anywhere you look is a piece of art of such magnitude. Like every angel is bigger than me and in marble. And then everything is painted with gold and and beautiful letters and pictures and it's just somehow so divine. So I'm really grateful to to have that pull. Let's say yeah. it's special inside. to it's special to have that connection and that awareness. You know, we've joked many times. You know, you and I will be out for a walk, walking Coco or a dog, and you know, and and you're like, hey, did you, you notice the flowers? You notice this, and you know. So I I feel like that's a that's a quality that you have is just the the presence and you see things and are able to to connect deeply with them and obviously you know there is something very deep that can be connected with you know at a church you know walking around in rome and and of course tomorrow 
tomorrow we officially kick off our Krishna and Christ chorus here at Happy Jack Yogi University, which we're so excited for. There's a chance for us as yogis to to take a look at you know some of the the great yogis um, from the from India as well as you know Jesus Christ, understand their teachings, understand how. Um, even if we're not a part of one or either of the traditions, that we can still uh, learn from them. You know, there was, in fact, we've got so many special guests. We got like three incredible special guests who are doing, joining this course. I'll sh share more about them. But one of them, my professor, Francis Clooney, who's a professor at Harvard, you know, 55 years as a Catholic Jesuit priest, you know, which is like the churches you've been seeing, 50 plus years studying yoga philosophy. And, and so what I love about him is that he's so open to these different traditions, even though he belongs to one. And I was looking at his uh, list of books he's written. You know, he's written dozens and dozens of books. And, and one of them that he wrote like 30 years ago, it was, uh, yeah, the title was um, Hindu Wisdom for All of God's Children. I just thought that was really beautiful that, that he can, you know, as a, as a Christian, that he's able to study these other traditions and these other, you know, faith traditions, wisdom traditions, and and recognize, hey, there's wisdom here for all all of us. And um, so, so I think it's really nice that you, Hanna, are able to go into these churches in Rome. And even if you don't begin, even if you don't belong to that particular institution, you're able to see the beauty and the radiance and and really connect with it. Um, that's that's pretty special. Yeah, it is. It's like, I don't know, there's something human needs beyond every tradition, maybe. There's a reason why humans are drawn to spirituality since forever. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I mean, that's where, that's where I, that's, that's kind of the focal point of my life right now. For those who are um, here live with us, we got nine of us live. And uh, well, I'll address the elephant in the room. Yes, I buzzed my hair off. I got a buzz cut. But to be honest, it's not short enough. So the guy, the guy who cut my hair the day I moved in, he, you know, he had his hair like this. And I thought, oh, that's like safe. I'll, why don't you just make my hair like yours? Um, but then, you know, I at this retreat and, and seeing others who have it right down shave, not I'm not going to shave it, but I want it buzzed down shorter. So this evening, I'm going. I'm going shorter. So for those who join us for Krishna and Christ tomorrow, uh, if all goes as planned, it's going to be right down even shorter. Um, and you know, coming back to spirituality, like the the point, the the reason for doing it, you know, when people move into an ashram or a monastery or any, you know any kind of um, environment like that, it's really to practice detachment, practice you know letting go of. Um, needing to look a certain way or needing to be a certain way. And, you know, I've shared before, you know, I'm sure I'm not going to have this haircut the rest of my life, but it's it's kind of like, a, it's, it's a small commitment. It's like a commitment to my sadhana, which is a spiritual practice. And this is just one little way um, that outwardly reflects like, hey, this is something I'm prioritizing right now. And um, so that's, that's the reason. And I also wanted to just preface with, you know, there's, there's no pressure at all. Like lots of the, lots of the senior people who are here at the ashram, they, they don't shave their head. They have normal hair. Um, so it's not like there's any pressure. There's no expectation or requirement, um, but it's, it's very traditional. And I thought, you know what, I'm doing this thing. I'm here for a semester, you know, 13 weeks. 
uh, let's go all in. And, um, and, and as Hannah said, you know, <laughs> again, something none of you will be aware of right now, my, my laptop is sitting on top of a recycling bin. And, uh, and I said to Hannah, like, I wonder, like, cause I'm here at the innovation lab, Harvard innovation lab. And so people can walk by and see me and, uh, and I'm like, I wonder what they're thinking. And Hannah rightfully so is like, Jack, at this point, I don't think you really care what other people think of you <laughs> considering, you know, my, what they care about your appearance. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, and that's, well, we'll wait until we get to the yoga myth, but that, that will tie into that, you know, of not, not worrying so much what other people think, which has been a big story of my life. Uh, and so this practice of being able to let that go, but yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you for that opening share. Um, you know, the other thing, uh, and again, I was sharing right at the beginning here. I haven't, I have, I got back at two 30 in the morning last night. So I haven't like really gone through my notes and had time to reflect on this past weekend, but this past weekend, you know, everybody from the yoga ashram, we went to West Virginia, you know, kind of 10 hour drive each way <clears throat> and just spent the weekend, you know, in conversation, in community, in practice, um, and in really meaningful conversations. Um, so I haven't really like digested and reflected and I'm sure I'll have more to share in coming weeks uh, but just like some little anecdotes or little moments that stand out it's like life just continues to present us opportunities to for me to not react so just right from the beginning you know the plan was we're leaving the ashram at 4 p.m on Friday right so everybody get to the ashram 4 p.m Hanna you know where this is going how many times we've we've done retreats and we've done things in India well this is the ashram is basically little India right in the middle of the heart of Boston and um so four o'clock you know I'm I'm down there at the front door with my bag packed ready to go <laughs> I'm the only one there and uh so I you know I talked to one of the other residents like hey you know what's going on where are we what time are we are we leaving soon he's like uh, you know, um, it probably going to be a little closer to like six o'clock. I think I'm like six, really like we got a 10 hour drive ahead of us. So already, and we were doing half that night and half the next day, but already I'm like, wow, this is getting late. So I'm like, okay, six o'clock. That's sweet. I've got time. I'm going to pull out my laptop, do a little bit of work, work on the Christian and Christ course, you know, so I'm kind of upstairs working on that. I check in again as it's, you know, getting quarter to six and, uh, you know, um, maybe maybe another hour, another hour or so. So this goes on, you know, t 10 more minutes. We rolled out of there at 9 p.m., 9 p.m. So the, the plan was everybody there ready to go at four. We roll out at 9 p.m. <laughs> and then drove five Pause five hours. here. How did you feel at 9 p.m.? It's past your well, usual bedtime, like it's, hours it's past later. My, it's past my usual bedtime, exactly. Now, I didn't have to drive that night, so thankfully... Uh, and and had a, a driver that I that I trusted, so I was able to to fall asleep in the vehicle. We drove halfway, and then we stayed at a motel. So that was all good. It was just uh, you know, I was excited to be there. You know, I think that, and I think back to my time when I went to India and I took that one way ticket. And this kind of thing happened all the time. Like you know, schedules didn't plan, things didn't go as planned. But I didn't have anything important I had to deliver the next day. I feel like that's the key thing for me. And so because we were on this way to the retreat, I didn't have to lead anything. I didn't have to present. I didn't have to be at my best. So it's like I was really, I was able to surrender. But I noticed what the hardest time for me to surrender is like 
when we're in India, for example, and we're leading a training and we're responsible for the students, you know, having a great time, you know, we're responsible to, to create the whole experience. And then when things don't go as planned, that's, that's more of a challenge, more of a test for me. But in this case, yeah, I was able to, to completely let go. And, um, you know, it was just so beautiful. I think also just the way that we got into our hearts, like as soon as it was so beautiful, as soon as we get into the, the vehicle, um, you know, they, they start, you know, singing a song together and, and chanting this song. And, and the, the one time I was riding with this family. So there's the mom, the dad, and two little girls who are five and seven. And like, without anybody saying anything, like as soon as the, the car started rolling, they all start singing this song together. And it's basically like, a, you know, prayer for a safe journey. And it's like, it, it brought tears to my eyes. It's like, how cool is this? You know, I mean, I mean, I have lots of beautiful memories growing up as a kid and doing road trips and stuff. But, and there was something really special about, you know, a family that sings together and a family that you could say prays out loud together of like praying for a, a safe and a happy journey. And, and it's just normal. That's just how they operate. So that, now you that know was the song. I do. It, it it happens to be a song that they sing in the ashram every morning as part of the program. So I was, I'm learning it. I don't have it perfect yet, but yeah, it's uh, what it just, what a way to, to come together. That's yoga, right? Yoga, that, that connection, that union and, and, and getting ourselves into our heart. I so that was, that. uh, sorry. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And now if, if I'll just, I'll just, as things kind of come to my mind. So then uh, the next day we're finishing the drive on the way through a tree and, and I offered to drive because I, I got a good sleep kind of the night before I'm driving and it was time to get gas. And, um, you know, this was interesting. So I, I saw there's a gas station. I got up, I got off and, and was about to start filling. And they said, Oh, uh, this, this, this gas here is very expensive. Let's, let's keep, keep going until we find another one. And and I was like, I, 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 what I recognized was I don't even, I may be embarrassed to say, I don't pay attention to the price of gas. Typically it's relatively similar. It's sometimes it's really high. Sometimes it's a decent price, but usually it's similar. Uh, but I just get off the gas station that's convenient and, and fill up with gas. And they, they want, they were quite, you know, really wanting to to save their Lakshmi, as they would say, Lakshmi is like kind of represents wealth. We want to save our Lakshmi and go to another one. I, and I said, you know, I, I also really value time. So instead of driving around to try to find a cheaper gas station, I'll, I'll get the gas. I'm happy to pay, you know, it's going to cost us an extra 10 bucks maybe um, to fill the tank right full. Uh, but that was just like an interesting distinction. And it's not like, but it's something I want to, in one way, I want to learn from them the value of, you know, being maybe more mindful and more intentional and, and, and using our resources uh, to their fullest. I think that's something that is really wise. Um, and I guess I was also an inquiry kind of on my side. It's like, you know, I was to say we had, we're on a 10 hour drive. So like, instead of like, how many times are we going to kind of drive around or look for less expensive gas stations, um, so I don't know what the right answer is. I guess we do our best to find a, a good price and then and also to manage our time wisely. But that was just a little bit different culture. And they they basically shared with me, they're like, yeah, our, the way we were brought up with our parents, like this is just what we do. Like if we go to a shopping market, they 
they would go to every single store, but not buy anything. Like they would go look at all the different options of all the different clothes. And then once they knew the best uh, value, they would go back and purchase there. And that's, and so I guess they, you know, com coming from India with less potentially monetary resources really value um, the, you know, have to have to be very careful and cautious with the, the finances. And, and I guess I noticed my priority, not that I have like a ton of extra money or anything, but my, I really prioritize time. And so I don't know, that's, that's just uh, an experience I had. What, what do you think about that, Hannah? Yeah, I think it's great that you have that attitude, seeing it mm. as a, a learning opportunity, not that you would be someone who doesn't value what you have, but yeah. I guess we can always improve and and learn and maybe there is a way to meet both needs like buy the the gas that is cheap and know where to get it so you don't have to drive around and then you can use your time wisely yeah just out of just for fun for those who are here live with us and this is there's no there's no right answer i don't have it but for those who are here live and those who are listening can also still write it down but if those here live with us if you feel uh open put in the chat what you value more time or money I'll be curious. I'll be curious what, and I know it's mostly uh, guys, money. We got, we got a money on there. Love it. We got time. We got time. Yeah. And it's, so we got, we got a mix and then we got some to say me too. I get it with the gas. Mm -hmm. Did we lose kind of, there you are. You froze for one second. Oh, did I? All right. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm back. I'm back. We got, we got a mixture. We got some time, we got some money and, you know, I would suggest there is no right answer, but I guess at different stages of our life, we might value different things and depends on the resources we have. Um, I guess, you know, there, I feel like there's so many teachings that, that were shared over this weekend that, that resonated with me. And one, one that kind of stands out to me right now. Uh, well, I'll just ask you a question, Hanna. If, if, um, so let's say I have a, let's say you have a tube of toothpaste in your hand. If you squeeze the tube of toothpaste, what comes out? Toothpaste. Hey, nice. Yes. <laughs> and if now, Hannah, if you take an orange and you squeeze an orange, what comes out? In Italy here, we say spremuta, which means orange juice that's pressed out of the orange. Nice. And now every the... morning at the bar. Wow. And then, and then final one, if you take a mango, a beautiful mango, and you squeeze the mango, what comes out? Mango flesh. Mango, yeah, like mango juice, like the same, the same substance comes out. And so kind of the the what we were the the topic we were discussing is like for us as humans, if we think of ourselves, sometimes in life we get squeezed, we get challenged, we get triggered, we get we have adversities and, and things like that. And so when we get squeezed, what comes out? really kind of Tears. represents well it represents what's inside of us so the, talking about like the emotion so if anger shows up or if envy or frustration or you know these qualities that that's you know many of us have as humans it just kind of goes to show so 
one of the main points of yoga is to purify ourselves, right? That's, that's why we get on the yoga mat. That's why we do the pranayama breathing or we chant the mantras or we sit and we meditate is to purify ourselves, our, our physical body, our mental body, spiritual body, purify ourselves so that when we do get squeezed, um, we, you know, instead of reacting and the, the toxic uh, reactions coming out, you know, more compassion or tolerance or love or understanding. And I know I see you smiling, Honda, because I'm speaking conceptually here because I'm not there. Uh, but yeah, this is, I just thought it was like a nice analogy. I love that. Yeah, definitely. And, and yeah. maybe it's also a, a measure for our spiritual life, maybe what comes out when we do feel squeezed yeah pressured even if tears come that's not a negative thing but if these are tears of you know compassion or emotion that's fine but how we react if we can stay compassionate or not yeah and i i caught myself this weekend and i had a real life example of this you know we, we were there for the weekend so we had like two full morning programs like with the full practice and and so part of the morning program, we're kind of chanting these mantras um, all together. And they're the way they do it, they're kind of doing it. I wouldn't quite call it a dance, but we're kind of like stepping together. There's like a movement, uh, like, you know, three steps forward, three steps back. And everybody in the room, it's like a wave. It's like an ocean. And it's so beautiful as we're chanting these mantras um, and, you know, you know, glorifying, you know, connecting to the divine and, um, on the first day, you know, there was a, a another yogi in front of me who was who was new as well, you know, and and was completely out of line, out of step, you know. And so he was right in front of me, and it was quite busy. So, on one side, like I could see what the intention was of like how we're kind of moving together, but then there's this you know young boy in front of me who was completely out of step and kind of kept messing me up, and I you know I couldn't. I couldn't follow along with everyone else or I'd be bumping into this guy in front of me. And I noticed, you know, I noticed myself getting a little bit frustrated, not, not excessively, but just like uh, thinking, man, I wish this guy would figure it out or get out of the way so that, you know, I could join and, and be a part of this beautiful little experience being created. And I, and I just simply observed that, you know, so there's probably a little bit of judgment or criticism there, but just like an observation. Um, and then the next day, uh, similar circumstance was happening, but there was a, like a, a senior monk who was beside me. And, and there was also a boy in front of us out of sync. And then the senior monk, just like with a, with a big loving smile on his face, just like, you know, held the boy's shoulders and just like kind of showed him, you know, here, here's how you do it. And then it, it was a different boy as well and just kind of showed him. And then he figured it out and joined. And for me, it was just like, huh. So here I am, I sat there and just like, observed and allowed myself to get frustrated and you know not again not excessively but i i did allow myself to get you know frustrated a little bit triggered a little bit annoyed um and then i got to witness the next day a more compassionate response and he i could i observed it because i was so interested in the in the whole circumstance and and clearly the senior monk was not frustrated was not judging you know he was simply like hey i'm here to help and and uh it just made, it actually brought again, a little bit of tears to my eyes. I'm like, that's, that's who I want to be. That's who I want to be. And um, 
that's what I aspire for. That's the, these are, this is why I do yoga. This is why I'm kind of seeking spirituality. It's, it's not to liberate myself and go to some spiritual realm. It's not to have a six pack, you know, I mean, those are nice things maybe, but like to see, to become a better person, as Scott said a few episodes ago, that, you know, to be able to become that better person that um, that's more compassionate and more tolerant you know, one of the one of the mantras we we sing every morning at the at the ashram in Sanskrit, the the interpretation is, I want to be more humble than a blade of grass and more tolerant than a tree. And so we think of a blade of a grass, right? It just it gets stepped on. All you know, people are stepping on it in the park, and and it's okay. It just like bounces back. You know, it's just like very hu have such humility. And and of course, a tree is so tolerant and crazy snowstorm happening right now on the east coast and the wind and the rain and the freezing and, and just tolerant and so for me that's a that's a beautiful quality to to cultivate and i recognize i'm not there yet but it's 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 nice to be able to witness that yeah and i think then witnessing will be helpful next time when you notice that things are not going the way you'd want them to and then how can I fix this in a, in a holistic way? Like we get to know each other, right? You, that type of experience helps you understand, oh, that was frustrating for me. And also I can solve this in a different way. Even if I'm like, just the noticing, I think yeah, can be really powerful. Yeah. That's in what, shifting you know, your strategy or, you know, finding some yeah. self-help. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, that's why it's really important that we choose how we, who we associate with and who we spend time with. You know, there's kind of the saying, you know, tell me your five closest friends and, and I'll tell you your character, right? It's like that who we associate really has an impact. And so just, it was, it was really nice this weekend, um, you know, observing there was, you know, several monks there and, and just, and a lot of yogis, bhakti yogis, and just seeing how the, what I recognize there's like, there's no ego, even though there's very successful or very intelligent, very smart people just really felt like no ego. And, um, you know, it's like versus the environment that I grew up in, you know, the, the, the way that the world is now for many of us, you know, it's, we're worried about what, what other people think or what, you know, there, another kind of analogy they told was about this, this young child who had, who had was given a gift of a parrot. And so he has this parrot in a cage and um, he was just so proud to have this parrot. And he, he got these paintings uh, like a color, like paint, like a paintbrush and paint. And he painted the, the parrot cage gold and he made it look so beautiful. And he just like painted the cage gold and it made it look just so vibrant. And it probably looked just like the churches in Rome that you're describing, Hanna, like it's just so opulent. And then a few, and then a few days later, the, the parrot passed away and, and he was devastated. And, uh, and, of course, and of course, you know, in conversation with his parents, he realized, you know, he, he needed to, to feed the bird as well. So he wasn't feeding the bird. He he was so focused on making the cage look beautiful and opulent and forgot to nourish the bird. And the analogy is that the cage is our physical body and the bird is our soul, our Atman. So we focus, we tend to, in the material world, focus a lot on the, on the material things, on our, our physical body, on material, 
making things look good, looking pretty, looking beautiful. And not that those are wrong in any way. They're nice. And, but we often neglect our spiritual side, our soul. And uh, I thought that was like a nice little analogy um, of, of, of reminding us of the importance of balancing both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I feel like I just keep riffing here on, on many different uh, ideas, but I'll, maybe I'll pause for a sec. Do we want to jump into um, the yoga myth? Because I think that a couple of times you and I both could have jumped into reflecting on that because it ties into what we've been sharing. But do you want to do you want to share our myth for today? Yeah. So today's myth, I don't know if you're going to bust it or not, but something to discuss. And I'm sure all yogis would have some thoughts on this and we'd love to know them. So if you have thoughts, you can put it in the chat or comment if you're watching on Facebook. So the myth is yoga as self-help. And the conversation is like, maybe to discuss how yoga did self-help you, if that was a mm-hmm. verb. And then before we even dive in there, I just wanted to kind of define, I Googled what self-help actually is to get the definition. And it says that it's the use of one one's own efforts and resources to achieve things in life without relying on others. And then there was another definition that said self-help is designed to assist people in achieving things for themselves. Mm. I like that. Yeah. So, so basically saying yoga, you could say the, the statement is yoga is self-help. And then we are kind of answering, is that correct or is it not? And in the, in one sense, yoga definitely helps the self. Like it, it definitely has helped me. I think it helps many of us here, many of us live, many of our students, um, you know, being able to, um, you know, to do these practices to help ourselves become better people. But I guess, you know, and, and I could list a number of things, maybe I will in a minute of ways that I have improved and I have become a better person. But let's understand what is really the intention of yoga is, is yoga is the intention of yoga to help ourselves. Uh, well, you know. if it develops a sense of self. Yeah. 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 So I guess, I guess I wanted to make a distinction. There's like three, you could say three different kinds of yoga. So we have karma yoga. And so the car, the karmis or the karma yogis, they act um, to the, and, and they take right action, righteous action. They take good action to, to kind of cleanse their karma and to, to advance in material life, to, to, to make progress in their, their practice. So that it's really about like taking action and engaging in the world. And then the jnana yogis or the jnanis, like their, their whole intention is liberation. They want to, they want to gain the knowledge and the wisdom and do the meditation so they can be liberated and, and actually get away from this material world. And then there's the bhakti yogis, which we'll be talking about in the course that starts tomorrow. And that's that's really not about the small S self, but the the large S self, and you know connecting connecting to a higher power, and and doing you know devotional service or surrendering, kind of letting go, <clears throat> recognizing we're not this physical body, but we're the, a pure spirit soul. So I mean, we can I don't want to complicate it, but obviously it can get complicated really quick, or it can get complex. 
um, because there's different types of yoga. Um, but you know, in this context, I would say like yoga, as we think of it in the West, you know, I think. Yeah. So then mm. for sure it helps. Like, I think that the, you know, the very first yoga teacher trainings, Hanna, that you and I both did, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago for each of us, like they're like, I could, I'll speak for myself. Like a lot of self-help, uh, results came from that. Like I, I feel like I found my voice and we see that in students who come to our hero's journey, right. They find their authentic voice. Um, I know for me, I, I developed confidence that, I used to only have when I was drinking, like I had the, the quote unquote liquid courage. You know, I, I, I thrived on liquid courage from the age of 14 to 29. And I had tons of courage when I was drinking. Then all of a sudden get sober. don't have that anymore through the practice of yoga was able to, to cultivate that courage and that confidence again, that, you know, here, here we are in a room, we got, you know, 10 and 10 or 12 yogis uh, around the world. And, to feel to feel confident to be here with you and to be seen uh, with my head buzzed, my hair buzzed off, you know that's not something I would have been able to do sober and uh, before I became a yogi. So there there is a lot of these self health qualities that that come from yoga practice and and that we get to see every day through the, our two hundred hour hero's journey as well. So in that sense, Hanna, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think it's like yoga provides a platform where there's like a, a possibility to negotiate with life to varying degree, you know, where a lot of people who want to change something, almost it seems like yoga offers philosophy and a paradigm and a community and a place where you can negotiate with your own life, what what you who you want to be becoming, how you want, you know, your life to look like. Like I don't know of any other platform where to do that. Like even therapy is like it's so one-on-one private. Whereas mm-hmm. yoga, oftentimes, you know, you do it in group settings. And you mm-hmm. might make new friends. And especially if you take a training in it, it becomes almost like a new set of uh, people, a new set of friends, mm. a new you maybe, depending on what it is that each of us would need. Yeah. And actually just on that, I got to do a quick little side tangent. We definitely in 2025, when I'm done school, we're going to do a happy Jack yoga retreat at this center in West Virginia. Oh my goodness. Was it gorgeous? And just the location and the yoga space and the, oh my goodness. So I, I just thought of that when you said, when we come together, because it is important to come together, we come together like this in zoom and this is very special. And, and sometimes we come together in person. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like there's something, there's something unique about it, even distinct from therapy, uh, which, which has its own strengths that, that yoga does not provide, of course. Uh, but there is really something special about this practice. And, you know, without telling all my stories, like, but I've, you know, cultivated self-acceptance, right. And self-love, like, I don't know what's more valuable, you know, I mean, th- that's a very valuable quality, right. To, to be able to love yourself and accept yourself and, and, and believe that you're enough, you know, and, and if yoga can help cultivate that, that's, that's special. 
yeah, I don't know of any other so-called vehicle to actually, you know, do that in, in a community where you get to practice it, you get to discuss it. It's like an, a platform where you find ways maybe to find new meaning in life or kind of, I don't know, sometimes it feels like people mature, you know, they find yoga and they get to redefine things a little bit for themselves. Yeah, for me, it just, it somehow inspires me to ask deeper questions. Like I just, I want to understand things. And that's part of why I, you know, stayed up till 2.30 last night. One, I, it was hard for me to just fully trust and, and be able to fall asleep and trust somebody else as a good driver. Um, and, but the other part of it was I, I wanted to stay awake for the driver and to make sure they stayed awake. So I was, so it was kind of a great opportunity. I was just like drilling the guy <laughs> with questions and he was like really smart and he's been doing this for 20 plus years. And it somehow this practice of yoga just like inspires me to ask deeper questions and, and what's on my heart and, and questions that, you know, we can't always ask in public or we can't always ask to our, those are closest to us or to our family. Um, but it's, it's, it's nice to be able to, to just be even aware to ask these questions. Cause I, I just, I, I can vividly remember like back when I was a party animal, the only thing that mattered was like working for the weekend so that when the weekend came, pick up a case of beer, pick up a carton of cigarettes, pick up my buddies, head out to the, head out to the wherever party and just like, and just have fun. And to me, like that is all that mattered. There was no questions. There was no growth. It was somehow, you know, that was the priority. And now to, to be in a place of just like, you know, who am I? Who am I? What, what, what is the purpose of life? Is there, is there a God? Is there a creator? How did this all come to be? You know, and, and to be able to ask these questions to people that have a perspective and not that I put any one person or any one tradition to have like the absolute exclusive only truth, but there's traditions out there that have a perspective on it and can answer these types of questions. And I, somehow I feel like just by starting getting on our yoga mat, and that's where it all started, right? Getting on a yoga mat at a, at a gym for me first, you know, has led step-by-step, step, you know, and then, you know, so for maybe for some of our listeners, right, they, they find a yoga class on YouTube and then they, you know, and then, then they go to an in-person class or then they come and join our, our yoga teacher training or whatever it is, whatever their journey is. And then, you know, we find ourselves in these environments where we get to ask deeper questions. That's what the next five days are going to be. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, and P.S. I don't have the answers. The co we the cool thing is we got three extraordinary guests, like mind blowing. Um, yeah, I'll, I mean I'll just quickly share. One of them is uh, an incredible monk from Pune, India. You know, has been kind of practicing bhakti yoga for probably thirty five years or something like that. Um, and he's incredibly intelligent. So he's going to be joining us. Uh, we've got my professor from Harvard, who's uh, you know. Catholic priest for 55 years, uh, scholar of yoga philosophy for 50 plus years, you know, hearing his perspective. And then we've got our dear friend, Dr. Edwin Bryant, 
um, who is who is both in a sense. He's been practicing bhakti yoga and he's a scholar. Um, so, so I'll be we'll, we'll we get to come with our questions. And I know I look in here, <clears throat> we got some great yogis that are going to have some great questions. So have those prepared. And and just to be in conversation, right? And uh, and and certainly our program, any of our programs, Hannah, there's no intention of like, hey, yeah, you should you should believe in uh, the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. That's the best path. Like, or you should believe in the teachings of Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita. That's the best. Or the teachings of Jesus that we're going to explore. That's the best. There is no there is no one truth. Um, or there's no there's or if there is one truth, there's not only one path to that truth, and uh, it's nice it's nice to to be able to be in this conversation. Yeah, I did. How the heck did we get here? <laughs> How did I get to seeing all of that? I have no idea. What were we talking about? Well said. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so good. Really well said. Yeah, so that's gonna that's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, do you have any f kind of final thoughts on the, the yoga as self-help idea? I think the final one that I would offer is that maybe we could move away from like, how can I say, like move away from like having yoga or, um, self-help as problem focused. If if appropriate for each yogi depends, but I think there comes a moment where like, if someone comes to yoga, maybe in a squeeze moment, you know, you were talking about the toothpaste mm -hmm. earlier, someone might be in a, in at a fork road in their life. And then they find yoga and they notice how it helps them expand and relax and let go of tension and access something greater than they thought of before. Then there's going to be a moment where yoga and self-help are more about the good things where we come there because it makes us feel amazing. And because we're actually receiving the thing that we're looking for. So it's not just that yoga or self-help are problem focused or a, a fixer for a problem, but actually a place of expansion and bliss and receiving like I think the way I practice today yoga is is to be able to receive life force energy or receive what I am given to fully receive it and and be with it and appreciate it and transform it so that it might be useful for whoever I meet, whether it's a yogi or not, whoever I'm, I'm in contact with, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. No, it's, it's a great distinction. Um, I, it's, it's such a, it's such an honor to be able to, to be doing this work and to be exploring these ideas and to, and, and asking these questions. And yeah, I pr appreciate you sharing that. What I, what I'd love to to do um, though, is to hop into the hot seat. This is, this is the hot seat moment. Uh, Honda, this week you get to go on the hot seat, which is, uh, 
and, and, you know, transparency, what I do, I just, I like Google, you know, best interview, you know, I just, I'm, so I'm not inventing these questions. I don't have any motive or agenda. I just kind of Google some good questions that I think, you know, might get you thinking deeply. And then also I, I would, I would invite whenever we do these hot seat, I should have said it before, we should all think about, I guess we want to listen to your response, but we can all think about the, how we might respond to that question. Right. And whether we reflect on it or journal on it after. Um, but would you, so the question, Hanna, is what is the biggest risk you've ever taken that didn't pay off? I don't know if I'm a, someone who takes really big risks. <laughs> Maybe opening my heart, letting someone in. Was there like a specific time? Anytime I opened my heart. It didn't pay off? I guess learning always pays off, but it's not necessarily so transactional. But like that's when I, when I, I don't know that I think about the payoff, but taking a risk. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know that I take a lot of risks other than, I, I don't know if, I don't know about the paying off part. That's confusing to me. Mm. So kind of, and so kind of the risks we'd say is kind of take is uh, opening your heart. So it feels risky. Yeah. Because yeah. it makes me vulnerable and I don't know what the outcome is going to be. And, you know. Yeah. So, so what, what are some things in your past that have shaped the way that you see things now or the way that you that you go about your life of course witnessing somebody being ripped away from my reality by death unexpectedly has changed entirely who i am what i believe about myself and love and value of life every instant every moment every golden angel radiant ray of light lands in me differently because I know that I could have been the one who died or someone else could be ripped away any minute so it kind of puts my priorities in a different order than before mm -hmm. so that's like the instant answer that I had to that question yeah and that's but definitely... if you say it again maybe I can say something else if you kind of knew I was going to say that <laughs> Okay. Yeah, no, I was, obviously that's the most impactful for sure. So is there anything else from your past that has shaped the way that you see things or the way that you go about your life? I, I guess as a mother, having also raised two boys and survived what I did survive also makes me kind of proud and, and feel, feel strong like I feel like I can handle anything I don't know that I have to necessarily choose to handle crazy things but that changed what I think is possible for me yeah that's nice so what is, what is something that you that you would love to try but are too afraid creative projects and mm -hmm uh creative projects like 
being more active creatively, whether it's writing or painting or illustration. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, I don't know that I'm afraid to try going back to school, but I feel like I always kind of don't do it fully because um, I think it's so time consuming. So then I'm, I, I always kind of don't do it, even though I would want to do it. Mm. Yeah, that's so. I think mine froze for a second, but I, I, I think you were good. So, I guess from from this, I'm just gonna riff here now. So, from standing where you are right now, you're in beautiful Rome. Uh, as you look forward into your life, if you were to describe, and now of course nobody knows how things are gonna unfold, and we, but if you were to describe your ideal life your ideal spiritual life, your ideal family life, your ideal professional life, your ideal just the day-to-day, -day, like when you, if you kind of really dream about that and think about that, and because it's important, all of us, our, our visions that we create, the thoughts we have, the visions that we write down, we reflect on, you know, we, we tend to live into those, whether intentionally or not. Um, as you look forward, what does that, what are some of the things that you're like, this is what I want. This is, this, this fills my heart. What comes to mind? The first thing I'll, I say and feel when you ask that is that I want to have a dynamic life with a lot of people in it. I, um, and so being here in Rome, for example, what I love about here is that People are not afraid to connect. They're very good at seeing what is beautiful. They're very good at eating every meal mindfully. And I love, what I love about here is that it's a very shared experience. So I don't have to go to the grocery store and make a plan for what to eat for each meal because they give you um, so many options that are so easily accessible and it's done in how can I say, in a shared experience with other people. And I would love if my life was more like that, where a lot mm. of the actual life happens in community with other people. And of course, yeah. I would love to have a family that is, um, you know, supporting each other and, close to each other and yeah i would love to have a shared life is that it's that i think to is that english <laughs> yeah yeah what does that mean is that is that when you say shared life that's referring back to what you just shared about like community yeah. um you know like making meals Loved together ones. yeah not in isolation but in community yeah. where it happens a lot of it happens outside the actual just my four walls mm -hmm. i mean that's that's some i can admit to uh something i didn't bring very well to the relationship our relationship would be uh like co-creating in the kitchen so like the community or environment, the home or in the home <laughs> right so i i think i uh i contributed some things but yeah i mean that's not i i hear what you're sharing you know, that's yeah. something you like to do with Regina and with your friends and ultimately with a guy that you'll meet, you know, whatever that looks like um, to be able to co-create in that way. Yeah. Nice.
That to me sounds like a happy life. Beautiful. Nice. And what, what, what wisdom would you impart on, you know, if you were to give your, your 15 year old self, cause I think you left home at like 15 or something like that. Um, what advice would you tell that, that younger girl, um, you know, that, that, you know, now that you wish you had known then? I wish I had, um, maybe, maybe been more confident. So I would say to little Hannah to not be so shy, you know, to dare to open my heart. I was very guarded when I was a teenager and a young adult. So I would want, I would, I would, if I could give myself a blessing, I would give confidence and uh, openness of mm. my heart. And what would that, what would that, why, I mean, that's nice for the beautiful response. And what is the, the why to that? Then I would live more wildly and more grounded. Mm. Had more experiences maybe and made more, not that I was lonely or anything back then, but I would have more connections. Although I'm grateful for the ones I still have from those times. But yeah. Mm. Nice. Do you have, do you, do you regret, like, for example, say our relationship, you know, you talked about how, like, I, I didn't contribute in the, the cooking or the, around the home to, to your, uh, to what you would have liked. Do you, do you regret being in relationship? With you? With me. Yeah. No, I don't. Absolutely. I don't. Maybe with you, I think if I had been better at helping you come into those roles where I missed you, do you know what I mean? Like if I had, uh, like I also kind of gave up on you, <laughs> maybe I didn't mm. articulate what I would have needed. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great distinction. I mean, just for any of us to, you know, I mean, just kind of, you know, not that I'm any good at relationship, but they say relationship 101 is like making explicit requests, you know, and not, yeah, but not that it's my that. job to give you requests, but because that yeah. we did, that's how you, I did coach you into helping <laughs> through Tony or someone that like make specific requests. That's different than you wanting to do things with me in the house. Mm. I would have wanted you to want to, you know, <laughs> Yeah. yeah but <clears throat> if I had said that, if I had exp expressed that, maybe you would have had the wish inside would arise spontaneously. Yeah. We, in fact, we talked about that this weekend that, because obviously we're, we're in this spiritual environment. We're talking about like spiritual growth and connecting to, you know, you know, practicing bhakti yoga and the tendency in the in the Western world is, you know, for many of us, we we prior we tend to prioritize like our professional life and our family life, uh, which are both good and important. And often, with many of us, we prioritize we prioritize one over the other. No doubt, you know, unanimous vote, Hannah, you and I would give. I prioritize professional. Uh, you know, not you know over family, and maybe you might to some extent be the opposite. 
and and not that either of us like drastically neglect, neglect the, the other, other one, no yeah. right but you you probably prioritize family life and then secondary professional and i think many would argue like that that should be the right priority but whether whether right or wrong they say just the way that we're wired as humans the way we're conditioned is that we tend to prioritize one and whether it comes from a, a fear an irrational fear whatever it comes from like some trauma we had younger you know these kind of things but we choose one or the other and of course the idea is to to, to we need to take care of those dharmas those are duties that we have that's a purpose a life purpose that we have um but then you know the opportunity we have is to focus on our spiritual life as well and that and this starts to open up through the practice of yoga and these kinds of things so that's yeah that's it's it's great inquiry to be in and to and understand uh different people and different people's priorities so very nice mm -hmm. yeah. nice love it great hot seat uh digging deep uh getting some good little uh responses in there i, I want to be respectful of time Gotta say, I'm so excited for Krishna and Christ kicking off tomorrow. Like I said, we got special guests. Those of you who are live with us in Zoom, what if you can join us live possibly on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, please do. Um, it's gonna be amazing, amazing conversations. If not, catch the recordings. If you're listening on uh, one of the podcast platforms and you're you're not a, a member of Happy Jack Yogi University and you wanna be a, a part, you wanna come join us, send us an email, info at happyjackyoga.com. And, but just really wishing everybody an incredible rest of the day. And, you know, it's like coming back to this yoga is self-help and experiences having had at the ashram over the weekend, this retreat, it's like, let's, let's do the things that, that make us better people. Right. Cause you know, I could, I could now focus on some of the, this last conversation we had where it got like, you know, pull up some of my, my weaknesses and now I could focus on that. I could I could spend the rest of the day focusing on like, oh man, I'm a loser. I uh, didn't help out in the household, didn't help out in the kitchen. I could have done better. I'm a failure, <clears throat> you know, and, and the mind sometimes can go there for a moment. But it's like, again, coming back to what we were chatting about with Scott the other day and just, just becoming a better person. And it doesn't mean we're going to do things perfectly, you know, ever, ever, you know, what is perfect. Um, but the, yeah, just this coming back to the mat, coming back to the the conversation, doing our best and, uh, and, and being able to have these conversations, right? Like, so I don't share any of the thing. Like you ask me difficult questions. I don't mean ever to say anything hurtful or critical or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course. Totally get that. Well, I love it. Uh, everybody who's here live with us, thank you so much. Uh, those who are watching on Facebook Live, honestly, right now I gotta say, I forget how to end the podcast. I forget what am I supposed <laughs> to say? When, when do I stop the Facebook Live? When do we stop the Zoom? I forget, but I'm just gonna say, my friends, make it an amazing rest of the day. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs>